This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Today's episode is sponsored by Organifi, the world's best superfoods company. Use coupon code SOBERLIFE at checkout, all one word, to receive 15% off any of your Organifi purchases. Again, SOBERLIFE, coupon code 15% off all of your Organifi purchases. Check it out. Hi, this is Andy Bauman from Tom Ham's Lighthouse. I'm the chair of San Diego Restaurant Week. Please join us for San Diego Restaurant Week from September 24th to October 1st with lunches available from $10 to $20 and dinner available from $20 to $50. Visit sandiegorestaurantweek.com to see more than 180 restaurants participating in Restaurant Week. Well, well, welcome, Romy yes. Rome. Welcome back. Thank you, Brian. It's good to be back. Yeah, another and welcome, episode. Welcome, you guys, to another episode of the Sober Life Audio, Audio Experience. Experience. Hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Roman, we're so blessed. We have an amazing yes. guest with us today. Yes, we do. Who is this woman? Well... <laughs> I, I, I've known her for quite some time. Too long. Too, oh, well, excuse me. <laughs> I've known I've known her what five years now, at least. Yeah, we we've ran in the same circles, the same crowds, the same community. Sober. She's out there. She's a maniac. She's saving lives. She's changing the world one person at a time. Marie, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for asking me to come. Of course, it's a pleasure and an honor and an honor. Yes. <laughs> So, Marie, before we start every show with a guest, we always start with three questions. Uh, I've heard. I've seen. Oh, okay. So you know what the questions are. Not really. (laughs) (laughs) Brian? Well, Marie, why don't we start off with what's your vision? What's my vision? What is your vision? What is your vision? For everybody to be happy, joyous, and free. Mm. inside of my personal life outside of my personal life for everybody to be an individual and get to express themselves nice and get to be happy and live a fulfilled life love it dang love it i'm on board i'm i'm game with that yeah let's do it let's do it marie empowering individuals is what i like to do okay i've been doing that most of my life I was sober for 10 years. Oh, snap. Now I have four. Ooh. And this time I've given more of my life to the newcomer and the youth. Awesome. And the individual trying to live life Mm. in sobriety. And how's that feel for you? Like what feelings come up, like taking that approach as opposed to what you were doing before? It's changed my life. Mm. It really has. Uh, I had a company, and I was a licensed cosmetologist, and I mm-hmm. changed people's lives that way. I was a counselor. I went mm-hmm. to school for two years to be a counselor. And then after I got sober this time, I started working with the individual's families. Yeah. And now I work at a co-ed outpatient. So I get to work with the individual and their families as well. Woo. Oh, love it. Yes. Love it. It's not just the individuals who are afflicted, right? That is very true. (laughs) And and I think we'll probably dive into that a bit. But question number two. All right, Marie. Question number two. What do you 
love. love. What do you love? What do I love? Yeah. I love my friends. I okay. love my grandparents. Mm. I love my family. Um, I love people who inspire me mm. and embrace yes. me to be who I am. Ooh, powerful. Yeah. Declarative. I love that. Extravagant. <laughs> love it. Right yes. on. Yes. When question, are we getting, yeah. question, question, question number three. What is a book that has influenced or shaped you in some way? Ten Secrets to Success and Inner Peace by Dr. Wayne Dreyer. Ooh, tell me about okay. it. He passed away recently. R.I.P. Wayne. <laughs> he wrote a lot of books. Yeah. But yes. that one was very simple, but it was very powerful. It gave specific examples to... You want to be rich from within mm, okay. as well as outside, too. Yeah. Wow. So how was that impactful for you? It helped me find the struggles between personality conflicts with others, how to accept myself and how to accept others so that it doesn't have to be a constant battle. Mm. Mm. Wow. Was there a lot of battling going on in your life? I mean, there always has been. Mm, yeah. I, I'm a rebel. You know, I, I, I'm an addict. I work with a lot of different personality types. But uh, what I try to do the most is see eye to eye with people and put myself in their shoes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That that works, right? Yeah. It, it helps me understand them because mm -hmm. it's better to understand than be understood. Ooh, you know, that's mm. what I was taught. Yeah. And it's a very hard concept to grasp. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially when, uh, you know, most of us in this room have this uh, <laughs> cunning, baffling, like selfish tendency where all we can think about is ourselves, right? Yeah. Yeah, to get your own need met. Yeah. yeah. What, what about me? <laughs> me, 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 me. <laughs> yes. So that's powerful. So it was helpful for you yeah. to be able to shift and be focused on others and how you can best serve them. Yes, and sometimes I take a look at a relationship that I may have with an individual, and you have to accept, too, not everyone is always going to be in your life. Mm-hmm. And you want to be able to embrace that, too, and learn from every single experience mm, wow. with, without judgment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Dang. I can dig it. Dropping knowledge. I can dig it. <laughs> knowledge is being dropped right now, guys. Pay attention. What's yep. up? So, Marie, why don't we uh, tell us a little bit about you. Tell Who us you about be? your background. You like, give, give the listeners do? some perspective, some context for who you are, like where you come from, and yes. kind of like where you're at now. Give us the lowdown, the yeah. dirty. <laughs> well, Roman knows I got sober really young. Yeah. How young is young? 19. What? 19. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's a thing? People actually do the, that? The first time I went to an inpatient, I was 15 years old. Wow. Whoa. Where'd you grow well, So, like, is this California? Is this United States? Uh, Point Loma. Okay. And then Encinitas, California. Oh, my. Oh. 15 years old. Wow. Yeah. Dang. So, <laughs> so did what you is... did you ever get that old thing about like, oh, honey, you're so fortunate to get this so young? 
Oh, yeah, I did. And it was really annoying. There weren't a lot of young people that were sober back then. Right. Yeah. So it's like I didn't have a lot of choices of right. people I could hang out with. Right. I felt kind of doomed. Like yeah. there was five of them and I didn't <laughs> like any of them. Yeah. So yeah. what I had to do was grow up faster mm. and I had to get involved in a home group right. of women that could really mentor me. Wow. To help okay. me become the person I wanted to be. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me backtrack a second for those that are listening. How does a 15-year-old end up in inpatient treatment? Yeah. How, like what like what had to happen for that to happen? I was tired of getting arrested already. And I yeah. was only 15 years old. Right. And I couldn't function. I couldn't <laughs> function at school. I was always asked to leave, mm. whether it was, you know, someone else's parent, a principal. It's like nobody wanted me around. Right. Mm. And it was painful and I felt rejected. Mm. And I knew already at that age, I was a big part of the problem. Mm. So even though I didn't stay sober, I was willing to take a look at it. Mm. So was it was it your decision to enter treatment, or was it family, friend, interventionist, counselors? Well, well my family had someone do an intervention on okay. me, okay. And, and I was willing to go. Yeah. Wow. They sat you down in the living room and said, Marie, we Well, my we mom wasn't there. She was more like hiding in her room. Oh, <laughs> But they're like, Marie, we think you have some problems. Yeah, and... I, I was happy to leave the life I had. I, yeah. I didn't have a life anymore. Yeah. Right. So I, I felt like I was saved. Yeah. Mm. Dang. So you were open to it. There was obviously a lot of chaos going on at the time. Always. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Every day. It, it was It was nothing normal, and I already knew that. Yeah. So. What what type of attitude do you think you had going into rehab? Like one of questioning, one of being open to exploring, or one of like, I ain't got a fucking problem. I can do whatever I want. Because I know you've seen those ones. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> working in treatment now, it, it's kind of funny to see yeah. the different personality types. Yeah. And it's like, like where they're at on their journey and absolutely, their attitude going absolutely. into it. And I see a lot of young people like me. Okay. I mean, mm-hmm. we do treat people that are 18, 19 years old. Yeah. yeah. And I see a lot of people, they really want to be sober, but okay. they just can't yet. Okay. And that's right. where I was at at that age. Okay. I was open-minded to what they were trying to give me. Right. Oh, I like that. I just didn't have the courage to do it yet. Wow. I, I liked what you're saying there. You were open to it, but you just, it wasn't for you yet. Yeah. Yes, I, I hadn't had enough, and yeah. I wasn't ready to let go of any old ideas that mm. I had. And yeah. I was in fear of not being cool. You know, I was in high school. Yeah. yeah I, I, wa- I wanted to drink, and I wanted yeah. to smoke some weed with my friends, and yeah. it never turned out that way. Oh, my God. Yeah. That organic, God-given, natural substance—that's that's, that's so relatable, you know. Especially for individuals who develop substance abuse young. Yeah, it's like such a roadblock from actually right. jumping in to recovery. Mm-hmm. Is the the social aspect mm-hmm. of being young? Absolutely. And like, what? Like, okay, I can't drink or smoke. Like, what am I? Like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, yeah. Who am I going to be yeah. now? It's like yeah. an identity crisis. Exactly. Total identity so, crisis. So you got sober. You went to treatment at 15, didn't stay sober. Yeah, so got what sober, was going on? Got sober again at 19, 
and then you stayed sober for 10 years. Yeah, and I, that was not my plan. Okay. okay. That was not my plan at all. <laughs> I, I came to get the heat off. Ah, mm. okay. And, and I didn't expect me to have a connection with my peers, and I didn't wow. expect me to be successful. Mm. So by the time I thought I would have already turned back around, yeah. it was too late to go back the other direction because yeah. I had never had stuff. Yeah. I had mm. never had a driver's license. I had right. never had a job. I had never had a stable place to live. I had never had a cell phone. Wow. So once I got all those yeah. things, it was kind of hard to give it back. Yeah. yeah. So what was the like precipitating factor in getting you back into sobriety at 19? You were talking about getting the heat off your back. Yeah, yeah the, what was the, that The about? people I was hanging out with, they, they went to jail. They got two strikes. And uh, I mean, who could I really hang out with? I mean, we ripped everyone off. Yeah. No one mm. liked us. It's yeah. not like I could go and hang out with them. We owed the money. Yeah. Right. So I just went to a meeting because I didn't know what else to do. Wow. And all my chances at treatment, they were already shot. You okay. know, my yeah. my parents had paid 50 G's out of pocket. Wow. They, they weren't going to do it again. Yeah. And my policy wasn't bad, but it still said HMO. Yeah. yeah. And I wasn't going to go to Island Street. Do you yeah. guys remember yeah. that? That That's Island old school. Street. Now you know my age, you guys. Uh. <laughs> that, that was back in the day. That was some state-funded okay. situations. And okay. uh, I mean, I, I just felt like as long as I could just keep going to the meetings, maybe something would happen and make yeah. me want to stick around. And, and that's what happened. Yeah. Wow. So- would, you, would you say that? When you went to treatment the first time at 15, although you were open-minded, you weren't ready, would you say that the, the seed was planted? The seed was absolutely planted. Yeah. And uh, I owe those people my life. And, wow. and I still talk to one of my counselors today. Wow. And uh, I, I think that was 19 years ago, actually. Dang. She actually manages a women's sober living out of all places in Cardiff, California, okay. where I was born and raised. Oh, so, oh my God. We've okay. been able to wow. maintain a relationship still. Oh, and uh, I do definitely consider her one of my mentors. Mm-hmm. And uh, as trouble as the youth is, mm-hmm. everybody needed somebody like her, you know? And right. that's yeah. the person I want to be right. to the individual who is suffering, wow. whether they're still using or not. Yeah. Wow. So you have like a, like a modern day hero, kind of like. Yeah, angel, I maybe. mean, she she was really hard on me. Mm. And, and I got really angry because she told me the truth about myself. Mm. Ooh. But she did it because she loved me. Yeah. And every time things went south in my life, I was always calling her. Yeah. You know, from jail, yeah. Yeah. from the hospital. Mm. Like, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. And she right. would respond, you already know how. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... Like nineteen happens, you're you're totally hopeless, like out of options, like get the heat off your back. You like kind of make a last ditch effort and didn't really expect much and ended up getting way more than you thought. Yeah. You get the, the like the material kind of comes back, the health, you're you're kind of feeling good. Start thinking straight. Yeah. And like tell us like what's going on there. So you're like kind of in the groove, like what was like being young at like and sober at nineteen, twenty, twenty one, like like your twenty first birthday, sober. A lot of my friends drank at my party. Wow. Yeah. Okay. You know, my family members drank at my party. Okay. A hundred people came. Yeah. Wow. Damn. You know, some of them were from my school. I had already gone to college for counseling by then. Okay. I was in hair school at this time. Uh, okay. And a lot of my peers, I, I didn't 
struggle with the obsession anymore. Okay. And I no longer needed it mm-hmm. to help me be who I was. Okay. So I call that a miracle. Yeah. yeah. So, so what happened was a miracle. Mm-hmm. I no longer needed to self-abuse to be yeah. comfortable with who I was. Wow, that's that's huge. Preach. Sister. And some of my yeah. some of my friends, they were sober too. Okay. But but I got used to being around people that mm-hmm. were gonna drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and, life. And what was that like for you? Because some people say, oh, you can't do that. You can't do that and stay sober. You can't do this. You can't do that. It's got to be a balance. Okay. It's got to be a balance. Because like I said, at 29, I dropped the ball. Yeah. <laughs> I dropped the ball. And it was because I did that in excess. Mm, like I thought, wow. I, I thought that this addiction wasn't going to get me again. You thought I, you, you were done. I, I thought I was done for good. And right. uh, I went to a lot of family gatherings, a lot of weddings. I went to a lot of parties. I went to a lot of bars because I was young. I got yeah. sober young. I like to go out. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I like the nightlife. Right. But it's who you do that with. Mm. You got to have a balance. You got to have right. your sober friends in your life. Yeah. And y- you got to know your limits. Right. And, and at that time, I didn't know that. Mm. And those were things I weren't, wi- I wasn't willing to let go of to take my life to the next level mm, because yeah. I still had some fear. Yeah. I, I needed to get more humbled mm, in uh, order to move forward in my sobriety this time <laughs> and really take risks. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think yeah. that if anyone would have pointed any of that, that out to you, do you think that that would have made an impact, or do you think? Oh, they that, did. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just uh, so, so you were just committed to being right then. You're like, just, you I'm gonna do absolutely, my own thing. absolutely, okay. regardless of any any advice, any yeah. outside opinions. I'm and, gonna do me. I got it, got it. And and at the time, like it ended up taking you back out. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and how long were you out for? <laughs> Six months. Six wow, okay. months. What happened in that six months? Everything. Uh, Everything that could have gone wrong did. Yeah? Uh, yeah. I, I lost my stuff. I lost my money. Mm. Incarceration. Hospitals. Shit. Chaos. Dang. On my way to damage again with family relationships. Yeah. Wow. It, it was a struggle. It was a struggle, and uh, I wanted to stop, and I didn't think it would be that hard to stop again. Mm, wow. But my friends that were in AA, I owe it all to them. They saved my life while I was out there because they didn't treat me different. The ones mm. that didn't treat me different saved my life. They wow. they didn't act like I'm somebody out there dropping the ball. They still invited me. Yeah. Yeah. They invited me to parties. They invited me to meetings, and they knew I wasn't ready to get honest yeah. But but they still accepted me. Yeah. For where I was at. Wow. So were, were there any like moments that you can remember specifically, like any moments of clarity or any moments where you were like, I'm, I, you had ten years, you went out, you're out on this six month run. Like, were there times or like memories that you have where you are like, wow, I need to, I need to get back. Oh yeah, like. Like, can you tell us about one of those? Like walking out of jail next to the okay. Golden Nugget. Okay. Oh. <laughs> that was like, you know, I, I knew I was like, I okay. should do something about this. Yeah. But I don't think I want to today. Mm. You know, mm. and, and that's like a lot of stuff that just kept happening. Was it a lot of, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow. 
tomorrow, yeah. tomorrow, tomorrow. It's like, I, I'm not ready to really confront what is going on yet. Yeah. yeah. And it takes what it takes. Yeah. So you, you were sober for 10 years, had a beautiful life. Beautiful yeah. life. A wonderful life. You yeah. went out over ego. Ego, ego? absolutely. Yeah. And uh, refusing to remain green, really. Yeah. yeah. So ego, stop doing the stuff. That I got this. Got you to where you were. It's all good. And then within six months, you had destroyed everything to the point <laughs> where you literally started over. Yeah, and I never thought I'd ever have to go back to a noon meeting again. Oh, mm. God. And be that person without any work. Yeah. I mean, I worked for myself at the time. Yeah. And I'm sitting in this noon meeting like, it has been years since yeah. I have not had work to do. Mm. I don't know what else to do. So I had to go. Mm-hmm. I was powerless. I didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Dang. That's, that had to be incredibly humbling experience. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I'd raise my hand as a newcomer. People would stare at me like, right. what, what is this? Right. Do you think that there was any, any part of shame or guilt that kept you from getting sober sooner? You know, I hear this with a lot of people that have substantial time. And go out is one of the f- key factors that keeps them out is is the shame of wow like, like I was a stable in this community people looked up to me I had sponsor I was working with people I was helping people mm-hmm. and now you all that's you gone. know me pretty well though like I am that person that should care more about what you think but I don't mm-hmm. and that's not what it was about for me personally. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, I'm doing what I can to stay alive today. Yeah. And if people wanted to ask me about it and I didn't know them, it was like, you know, mind your business. I'm kind of yeah. dying. Yeah. I- I'm just trying to stay here. Yeah. And that's really what it was about for me. Mm-hmm. It was about life or death, no yeah. matter what you thought. Right. I was doing the best I could for where I was at. Right. Dang. I I want to like piggyback off that like life and death piece <laughs> because uh in my experience it's those people that get that like really really get that that end up actually getting sober. Absolutely. Yeah. A thousand percent. Those that those that can cuz we say it all the time, right? Like especially those that work in the field of recovery like hey, this is life or death. And some people, it doesn't even make sense. Mm-hmm. Other people are like, oh, yeah, I get it, but don't really get it. And then the people that are like, yeah, I know. Seems like those people that are on that same level mm-hmm. really put in the work. Cause, cause They're fighting. There's an understanding that yeah. you, know, you, you need to fight for your life. And not just your survival. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they have a reason to put in the work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's where it really shows. Right. Mm-hmm. It sometimes they're still gonna have a slip or two, but you could still hear the pain. Yeah. You know, like I'm trying to stop, another situation came up, and I don't know why I can't just get to the next level. Mm. That is the best place to be. Mm-hmm. Cause you're gonna help people later on. Mm-hmm. You just yeah. don't know it yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it speaks into like one of the like baffling features of this illness is this idea of choice. And, like, a lot of, like, non-alcoholics yeah. and addicts will just, like, you know, what, what's the president's wife that was, like, just don't stop or just stop? Yeah, Nancy Reagan. Yeah, Nancy <laughs> Reagan. And it's, like, well, with an addict, it's, it's like, that, that's not an option. <laughs> yeah. 
we yeah. we can't do that. And it's misunderstood too. Yeah. The whole concept of addiction. There's different levels of it and there's mm-hmm. outside issues too. Mm-hmm. And I think other addicts don't take it into consideration because they're not educated about it. Right. I think the parents don't understand it too. It's like no matter where you're at, this person is not a bad person. Yeah. I'm telling you, some are yeah. sicker than others. Yeah. Some need more help than yeah. others. Some of them, we're not just talking about yeah. drug addiction and alcoholism. Right. We're talking about other stuff. Yeah. yeah. And what is it going to take for them to put that down so they could actually stay sober? There's yeah. different components. Yeah, there it's are. It's not that simple. And right. There, and there, there seems to be a disconnect in treatment. You know, there you have rehabs, outpatients, where it's biopsychosocial. You know, that's kind of the model. Then you have support groups, you know, 12-step support groups that's more of spiritual and emotional. And then you have other programs that are educational. Yeah, harm reduction. And then you have harm reduction. And then you have others that are behavioral modification. And it's like, in my opinion, I don't know if you guys share this, it's like, any anything that doesn't include all of the above is really falling short. Really falling short. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what people forget too, this is a spiritual disease. Mm-hmm. You have to have that spiritual connection. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was take away ten years, give me some humility. Yeah. Now I'm willing to do whatever it spiritual takes. Spiritual disease. Ooh. A lot of people do not understand what that means. Because you need to be okay. Without a job, right. without a person, right. yeah. without a place that you love. Just, you, need, right. you need to be okay with you. Yes. Wait, it's it's not just about willing it, willing it and just trying really hard? <laughs> it's not about faking it till you make it? <laughs> no, it's yes. not. It, it's about honesty and being honest with yourself. Yeah. And in addiction, we're in denial. Yes. And we could do it sober, too. What? Uh, yeah. I, I want to pick play off that. I love that word, that honesty word. Like one of the biggest issues with addicts and alcoholics is they are so dishonest, like like <laughs> uncontrollably <laughs> dishonest. Yeah, that's we are for like, sure. So like uh, that's uh, an un- understatement. Uncontrollably dishonest. So it's like, what type of methods? Like, what type of things do you use to employ like honesty with them? Like one thing that works really well is pain from addiction. Like at some point, the pain puts us in a position of humility. Where, where it's like, you have to get on it. Yeah. You don't have a choice. Yeah. It's like, yeah. get honest. Like, yeah. this isn't working. Back to the corner. So, like, what are some things that you do or you employ or you implement that helps, like, that is able to facilitate an, an environment of honesty? Like, how do you, how do you like, show someone? You want the person to feel safe. You don't want to tell someone what to do. But usually they'll come to you. And you want to be a vessel for that person to have that spiritual connection. And the only way you could do that is by listening. And when Mm -hmm. someone's in enough pain, they're going to start talking. You know, allow them that experience and the opportunity to get honest. Yeah. That's a nugget right there. Yeah. Seriously. That's, uh, That's huge. You know, you and I share a similar experience of, Treatment, 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 treatment. <laughs> like, you know, I know a lot of listeners, a lot of people who are yeah. sober today do the, the treatment shuffle, right? Like the 30, <laughs> 30 day dip, 30 day dip, 30 day dip. And, and for me, 
it was, and it sounds like you're very similar. It, it was, it was really one person who took a stand who it wasn't just like all the, the rehab talk and it wasn't like the 12 step AA talk. It wasn't, that was all good and it served a purpose, but it was really one person that loved me. And like, loved you. And asked me some of those hard questions that Absolutely. I didn't want to face. And you know this person for me, Chris. Shout I love out, Chris. Shout out Chris. Shout out to Chris and, Bennett. And he was my mentor. Yeah. And he was, you know, similar to your mentor, everything to me. You know, and one of the things that, you know, we talk about all the time is finding that person for you. If you're in early sobriety or you're getting you're getting sober or thinking about getting sober, you need to have that one person, whether it be a sponsor, whether whether it be a mentor, whether it be a coach, whether it be a friend or a counselor. Find that one person that you can connect to, that you can trust, right? One of the hardest things for <laughs> so a, a drug addict or an alcoholic, trust. Right. You know? Yeah, so having a vessel. Having a vessel, yes. And, you know, Marie, you spoke to something earlier that really like hit with me, and it's been my complete experience of you, is this listening. Mm. Like listening, I think, is one of the best gifts you can actually give someone. And I can just tell, like, who you be, how you show up, like, where you are right now after this um, humilifying, is that a word? No, (laughs) humility, like, like humbling, humbling process you've gone through. Um, (laughs) How powerful, like, listening has been for you. Like, what, what, like, how do you be a good listener? (sighs) Experience. Yeah. Not, not everyone needs advice. Yeah. But everybody needs an ear. Everybody needs an ear, just like mm-hmm. what we were talking about, being a vessel. Like if someone did that for you, you want to be that person for someone else because you know how comforting that is, especially when you're struggling. Outside yeah. of sobriety, inside of sobriety, you need that person to hear you. Mm. Yeah, and sometimes you just need to listen to listen. Not to understand, not to give advice, just just listen. Listen to the listening. <laughs> no, I, I love that because it's yeah. so it is so true. Like a lot of us feel voiceless, unheard, paralyzed. Like I know a lot of my fears have come back to that. Like no one's there. I'm all alone. I'm by myself. Like, are you fucking listening? Like, <laughs> in, in every it's pers- so simple. In every addict gets to that place too. Like, sometimes you yeah. got to be in that self pity for a few days yeah. to get some answers. It's like, <laughs> right. I want to isolate. Yes. I don't want to talk to <laughs> right. anybody. I choose to be angry. There's like a certain level <laughs> yeah. of comfort in that pain. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And yeah. then you calm down a little bit, yeah. and then you just think about. Why am I alive? Yeah. Why am I doing this? <laughs> right. And then, you know, the yesterday questions. I got grateful and yeah. I texted two newcomers that have had such a big impact on my life yeah. because I, I was starting to, you know, I need to listen for some answers. And those were the answers that I came up with mm. after a course of 48 hours. I am so grateful. Mm. I am so grateful no matter what. And yes. I'm going to let these people know. Why I'm grateful. I got mm. to watch you recover from a hopeless state of mind, and you've touched my life. <laughs> and I'm yeah. so proud of you. I'm feeling it right yeah, now. <laughs> that, that. that might be the second piece after the listening is just then acknowledging them. Yeah, just, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's some love right there, yes. right? That's where you love, feel love, it. Love, 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 love. You know, these 
other people that oh you're like, God. oh my God, you went to jail again. You went to yeah, treatment again. Yeah. You're always calling me for a ride. You're always yeah. calling me because this happened at your yeah. center. Yeah. And it's like, oh, thank God for you because being, me being a service wow. to you saved my life. Gratitude. And it saved me from self-pity. Yeah. Gratitude. Oh, it's huge. That's huge. Marie, I two things before we wrap this up. One is I want to ask you. This is a trick question, maybe. Oh, no. <laughs> You've been sober four years now. Uh-huh. This time. Compared to your 10-year run in sobriety, which carries more weight? This has been the best four years of my life. Mm. Wow. This has been the best four years of my life. I needed a drink and a drug the day I was born. <laughs> I, I really did. And then I got sober and I thought I was free, mm. but I didn't know what freedom was until God took everything from me and then gave it all back. Oof. So would you say that as far as sobriety is concerned, quality over quantity? Any day. Wow. Any day. Yeah. And then secondly, we like to ask, I'll let Brian ask this question. It's his <laughs> oh favorite question. It's his favorite question <laughs> oh ever. <laughs> All right, Romy. Um, I always like to leave the listeners with as much value as yeah. possible because we are so committed to you guys. We love you that we are listening you. to us. And yes. like we're here to take a stand for anyone suffering from this because if it's to be, it's up to us. Like yes. we were, I, anyways, I could keep going. The question is, is like what type of like nuggets, pearls, nuggets. like what type of advice would you give someone right now who's struggling, who has issues, who needs help, or maybe who's listening? Just, Who's just sad. Anything that could like lift them up. Find the people who really, really care about you and find the people who make you your best Mm. because everyone has the right to be happy. You just got to find the people that bring that out in you. And I can't express that enough. Wow. I mean, somebody living in things that they don't believe in anymore out of fear, you're not free, Mm. you know? And laughter is really the best medicine for addiction. So you got to find people who make you laugh and make you happy. Yes, They they bring you closer to the source. Yes. I love it. (laughs) Oh, my God. Great. Thank you so much. You you got any shout-outs you want to shout out? Yeah, where can people find you? Shout-outs. Like, it's your time. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on for you? Do you – anything yeah. where could they find me yeah where yeah. they find you if someone wants to find you talk to you uh to gain some laughter <laughs> to gain life. some laughter i don't know at a meeting yeah, yeah. at my office which is <laughs> at my house <laughs> ah, there you go. All right. yeah okay all right maria thank you for being on it was it was an absolute yes. pleasure yes and 1, an honor percent. thank you so much thank you for what you do Yes. And thank you guys for listening. This has been another episode of the Sober Life Audio Experience. Peace. The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography, and history, taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote, we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today.